Hello. Thanks to our new sponsor, Smith AI. Smith AI is a superior virtual receptionist service for lawyers. U.S.-based professionals answer your phone and website chats, screen potential clients, and schedule appointments. Get a free trial at smith.ai. And now, on to the show! Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer! With your hosts, Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice. Talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network. Hello, welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. With me, Ellie Mistal. Is it Christmas yet? It is not yet Christmas. Uh, but, but it's almost Hanukkah, right? It, yes, like that's super true. super early this year. That is true, that is true, that is true. And in a sense, from a a legal industry perspective, it's Christmas because bonus season has started. So we've got that going for us. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah. So. How you be? I'm good. I'm good. What's angering you today? I actually wrote about what's angering me today. Well, which is, there you go. Which, is, which usually that takes the edge off, but I'm still pissed about it. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Really quickly, you should probably read this on Above the Law, but in case you haven't yet, do not buy the Amazon Echo for Christmas. Do not gift it for Christmas. That thing is a government stooge that you're inviting into your house. Now, this isn't my normal I'm afraid of robots thing. I mean, I am afraid of robots, and and that is normal for me. But this is not my normal version of that. There are actual legal issues here. There's a case going on in New Hampshire where there's some kind of murder mystery thing, and the government wants to, has compelled Amazon to give echo recordings from this person's, you know, Alexa, with a very weak finding of probable cause. This, to me, this is a clear Fourth Amendment violation, and I think that one thing that people have to understand when you have these devices, that the government is going to treat them most likely just like a personal computer. Mm -hmm. So you're probable cause standard for the Alexa is going to be no better than your email. Your Fifth Amendment rights against self-incrimination are going to be protected no better than your personal email. And while mainstream legal scholars might think that that's fine, I think that is extremely dangerous because unlike your personal computer, your personal email, where you are somewhat self-consciously recording your thoughts – the way that people use these these devices, we're just talking to it. And you're thinking that you're talking in this ephemeral, conversational way. You have to understand that these things are actually recording you, and the government can actually go in and find all those recordings. Anything you say to Alexa can and will be used against you, which is why I don't have one. Yeah, no, they're cool. Um, of course you have. I mean, uh, yeah, I got it more. It kind of came for free. But um, well, that's the thing I'm saying, don't don't gift these to people. You're gifting them a Fourth Amendment violation. I mean, uh, true. And it is true that if you aren't comfortable with the idea that that could happen, you should probably not have one. I uh, Largely, I don't murder people. And in particular, I don't murder people by saying Alexa right before I do it. So I'm in pretty good shape. You've but. never contemplated it? Not saying Alexa before I do it. I can absolutely see myself. I, mean, saying, if I, I guess I could meet somebody named Alexa that I don't like, but probably not. Alexa, how do you dispose of bodies? I could say that. That's I could true. say that in a moment of anger. I could be watching the television and say that in a moment of anger to Alexa. And then later, if so and so turns yeah. up dead, they're going to come for me. It's true. True. That's what's grinding my gears. Yeah. But, but it's I'm just not, so nice to control all my lights from 
Yeah. <laughs> right? Because that's the other thing, right? I'm, I'm not so lazy that I can't get up and turn on my own goddamn stereo. Are you? I don't listen to a lot of music. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So, all right. Well, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back. Are you missing calls? Are you spread too thin? Interruptions kill your productivity, but clients demand a quick response. The U.S.-based professional receptionists at Smith AI help law firms screen new clients and schedule appointments by phone and website chat. Plus, Smith AI integrates with your software, including Clio and LawPay. Plans start at just $60 per month. Get a free trial at smith.ai. And we're back. So... I am not a technophobe. I actually like technology. I'm excited about the things that technology can do, which brings us to today's guest. Yeah, so you're afraid of a thing that analyzes what you say all the time. So let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation about a machine that analyzes what you say. Uh, So (laughs) we're joined today by Josh Becker from uh, LexisNexis. We're going to talk about data analytics and some cool offerings that they have. Uh, So welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, okay, Ellie's got something. Josh, I think your product is awesome. <laughs> there we I, go. I mean, that's that that is you're not paying Great. me for that. Um, that is not an ad. Like I actually think that the technology contemplated by uh, context is amazing. So please tell us about it. <laughs> Great. Well, yeah, context. You know, just hit uh, today, and it's really about analyzing language, right? Extracting language, uh, persuasive language from text and to get insights into, you know, what does this, what cases does this judge cite? What specific language in that case is that judge cited? How many times has he or she cited it? Um, so it's really, you know, scouring tens of millions of documents to extract the language and case citations that that judge uses and relies on most. There's a second part of it, too, which is a first-to-market thing that we're super excited about, which is for expert witnesses. So we have a database of 380,000 witnesses that lawyers can analyze to depose the opposition or bulletproof their own expert witnesses. So it's scouring that, and you can see, hey, oh, this witness has been you know, denied, say, 38% of the time, and here's the theory. So uh, in, in each case, so what was the, me- you know, this theory was on uh, methodology on relevance and what happened, what was the exact language that the court used. So yeah, Context is a super cool product. Thanks. I'm glad you like it. And um, we're very fired up about it. Don't let expert witnesses know that. They'll use that to jack up their fees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've seen some of the some of the rudimentary stuff that went in this obviously before today's announcement. Uh, and some of the stuff you can do with the experts is really cool because it's been for years, it's kind of been a wild, wild west sort of situation. Like, oh, there's an expert. Like, I don't know much about them. Uh, you could dig here and there and try and find what you could. But this really pops up just, you know, this is every time they've talked, how many times they're on the plaintiff's side, defendant's side, how many times they've been challenged. It just really did. When I was looking at it, I was like, wow, this would have made my search for an expert way different. Because at least when I was doing it, it was much more of a shotgun approach of just trying find people who seemed like they had good credentials, you know, and much nicer. Yeah, thanks. I feel that there's some kind of holy grails out there, and um, we're still pursuing some of them on the analytics side. But, I, you know, I think experts have sort of been one of them, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just really, really hard to do. And, um, you know, for this product to come out and combine a lot of data Lexus had with the technology that Ravel had and stuff from Lexus Advance and other sources, 
uh, to come up with this. I think it's super exciting. You know, Joe, you're talking about this from the perspective of a uh, corporate white-collar defense oh, yeah. stooge for, sure. for the man. Absolutely. What, what I like about um, this possibility is the way that it's scalable and kind of gives grittier, lower-level kind of plaintiff's lawyers a chance to or, – or criminal defense attorneys even yeah. – a chance to punch back, right? Because yeah. I think that, you know, if you've never kind of looked at this work, done any research about this work, or done this work yourself, um, you know, the government is going to put on expert witnesses against your client, and you not aren't necessarily going to have the resources to vet them. It sounds like this product is one of the ways that you, as the kind of solo practitioner, can start to vet the government's or the corporation's experts and find where the holes are um, in their background. I guess to phrase that as a question, how kind of scalable and accessible is this technology for the smaller solo practitioners? Well, I think it is. And I think that gets to the broader promise of analytics. And if you think back to Lex Machina, right, which I you know, ran for seven years, you know, started as a public interest project. It was for three years at Stanford, a public interest project around openness and transparency for the law. And um, when it spun out into companies, like, great, let's keep it free for academics and judges and, and these kinds of folks. So I think a lot of these technologies, and if you think if you talk to Nick and Daniel in the early days of Ravel, they were very much motivated that way as well. So I think these technologies have great promise, again, ultimately about openness and transparency. One of the things I like about Lexus, and it was honestly a big factor for us in sort of joining up with them from the Lex Machina perspective, was uh, that there's a real commitment to the rule of law. Like Mike Walsh believes that this very, very deeply. And part of the rule of law is transparency. So I do believe that this does provide um, access to the small guys, you know, that uh, access that maybe would only be, you know, um, available at a larger firm or not available at all because they, you know, just to scour through so many hundreds, thousands, or tens of thousands of cases um, to find particular language would be hard to do, if not impossible otherwise. Yeah, and we talked about the experts, but the the stuff that it does with judges is very interesting because we, when you're litigating, you're going through and trying to find, you know, your good cases, your good language to put together. We think a lot of judges and the clerks who service them, obviously, as these kind of sponges that see all the cases that we're bringing to them for the first time, and they really dig in and try and learn everything about – and that's that's not – necessarily true. I mean, they have pet language that they like. They have opinions that they've grown to rely on and believe in more, uh, that think they're familiar with the facts of them and they're more willing to trust them. And one of the things that this advances over, you know, basically the what we core think of LexisNexis as, which is that search engine, this takes it to that next level of saying, you know, you're in front of this judge. Did you know that when they decide motions to dismiss, they cite the exact same sentence from the exact same opinion <laughs> over and over and over again, and maybe you should know that? Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it judges are human, right? And they have patterns of behavior. And, and that's really, uh, you know, again, people talk about, you know, robots, and we're sort of joking earlier about robots and and law, and I go out and speak. Well, a lot of what I do now is speak to managing partners, of law firms, and and general counsels, and and other audiences. And people always ask, "Are are robots going to take over law?" And the you know answer is no. And there's been a lot of studies on this, and this could be a whole separate topic. But there's the big study that McKinsey did, and then one out of uh, MIT and UNC looking at the task that 
that lawyers do and what can actually be automated. And one came up with 13%, one came up with 23%, but it was a pretty small amount of tasks. But what the machine is good for, what technology is good for is machine learning, finding patterns in data, right? That's really the core of what machine learning is. And context is a big user of machine learning, right? And it's it's basically to comb through those tens of millions of documents to find those patterns. And what you said is a pattern, right? There's a, a pattern here in terms of which language that this judge uh, cites. And that you, know, you can argue persuasively knowing the language that your judge wants to hear. And I think that's super exciting. I would be remiss if I didn't try to at least talk about the downsides um, from my technophobe, again, <laughs> not actually a technophobe um, perspective. But, you know, look, people do get freaked out when you know, Facebook knows what kind of car you're going to buy before you walk into the dealership, right? Like people do get freaked out when the algorithm, the machine can figure out what you prefer um, before you've even kind of consciously thought of that. With context, I mean, you really are looking at the possibility of, of having lawyers know what the judge is going to read before they write their brief. Um, and so specifically tailoring um, their arguments to that particular judge, is there a worry that the case-by-case, case-in-controversy case nature of the law gets subsumed into this, you know, judge-specific type of argumenting, uh, argumenting, that's not actually a word, I'm sure the machine knows that, these kind of judge-specific type of arguments um, that context is a thing that, that kind of allows us to do better than ever before? Well, I, you know, as with any new technology, um, yes, you, it's good to look at, you know, the uh, possible downsides. You know, I think that the law is an evolving, it's constantly evolving, right? And if judges were quite so predictable, then um, uh, then there would be maybe larger issues. But I, there are great insights that you can glean from this. And that, what's fun is, you know, over the time we've been able to show it to judges, judges really like it. They want to see... Yeah. Oh, what do you have on me, right? And Lex Machina is the first thing people say is, look me up, right? What do you, what do you got on me? So and they may look at that and then they may, they may say, oh, I guess I'm kind of predictable. Maybe I need to do so, Maybe I need to rely on something else. So you, you never know. It is kind of evolving uh, here, but you know, it's, it's, it's good to look at those cautions, but I don't think we're uh, anywhere near there yet. See, I love that answer. Cause I yeah. actually, I mean, I think that that's one of the other real benefits of this kind of technology, you know, people don't real judges don't get training right? and they don't, and they don't, <laughs> judges aren't there for the, for the CLE. They, they're not exactly self-aware and they're not always kind of putting in the work to evolve themselves. I would like to imagine that at least for the good ones, that putting this kind of information in front of them, you know, I, we use sports analogies a lot on the show it's like a tendency breaker, right? Like one of the things that great football or basketball coaches do is self-scouting and they understand their own tendencies and mm -hmm. that helps them evolve and grow and be better. And I feel like this is this kind of tool is how judges can potentially do the same thing. Right, Joe? Yep. 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 No, absolutely. You're, you're not going to, you're going to agree with me on a sports analogy. I did. Yeah. It's funny what you say about sports analogies because I use a lot of sports analogies and, and one of the, Early examples of context, really going back to the Ravel days, a slide I used to show was um, a certain judge who this particular customer used to find that this judge does not like sports analogies. Right? <laughs> and I was telling that story 
to a few managing partners, and one of them said, yeah, I had that exact situation. I was in San Diego. I made a Tony Gwynn sports analogy, and the judge totally slapped me down. This is not baseball. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think that's that's awesome. Yeah, no, one of the things that this does, um, you you know, talking about potential downsides, one thing that it does, and it, it will never fully replace them, but it changes the relationship you have for those of us who did kind of national level litigation, it changes that relationship with the local council because the local council used to be your only insight for these sorts of nuggets. Uh, now you can you can look at them yourselves. Uh, Ooh, I didn't think of that. Well, one of my favorite stories from my career, I wasn't involved in this story, but I was told this very early. So when I was a young lawyer at a large firm, I got told that you need to care about your local council. And the reason was they were litigating a case in New Hampshire, I believe, uh, and the judge, it was a intellectual property case, and a local counsel was like, things you need to know about this judge, and told them this fact that I'm going to hold in reserve here for a second. <laughs> and then moments later, the other side said, the reason why this intellectual property case, so easy judges, this isn't rocket science, yada, yada, yada. And what the local counsel had told our people is Judge McAuliffe's wife, Krista, was on that challenger that blew up. Ooh. And that's a that's an insight that you might not have necessarily had if you you know back in the day when everything wasn't digital. But the local council is like, here's things you need to know before you start having a conversation about science with this guy. And that was valuable. But now these are the sorts of things that obviously we have more digital scouting on judges, but now we're going to have even more analytical scouting of just what their tendencies are that sometimes that seasoned local counsel isn't gonna know. I mean, they're still valuable for a myriad of other reasons and filing and so on and so forth. But I think it could change that relationship. I don't know. I've rambled for a bit there. Well, I think it's interesting with Lex Machina, we didn't know if local counsel in Delaware, say, or in the Eastern District would sign up for the product, right? Because that's kind of their job, right? To to know everything. (laughs) And lo and behold, they actually did sign up for it because, yeah, they knew a lot. They had, uh, uh, you know, a lot of insight from their, their years there, but they also wanted the, you know, again, they don't have a thousand cases top of mind. Um, they still wanted access to the strategy analytics of, of Lex Machina, which was, you know, again, it's the complement now that we're launching with the language analytics of, of context. But I remember that was like a big deal. We're like, hey, will these guys actually sign up? And, you know, lo and behold, they, they did. They signed up as well. So that was fun. I mean, it's so addictive. Like when you play around with this stuff, you really do. Like like you said, the judges, first thing they want to know is what you have on you. Like that's, it's so true. When you start playing with it, you're like, ooh, wait, I wonder. Uh, you have hunches that you want to see if the data really back out. It's it's a fun little uh, toy to play with. And it obviously it's more serious than a toy, but yeah, you can have a lot of fun with it too. Josh, honestly, anytime you guys want to make this data, kind of give us a data set that we can turn into a post on Above the Law, I am <laughs> down for it. I want to know which judges like oranges for, for breakfast <laughs> and which ones like uh, grapefruits. Like I want to know that I can make a whole post about that and I can get people to read it. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Well, well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, great. This was so informative. Thanks for talking to us about this product. I guess, uh, some housekeeping details to go through are that, uh, I believe I'm right in this, that people who have Lexus accounts right now, we're going to have, you know, I think a month's worth of, access to this before uh, having to add it to their subscription. Is that right? You know, that's above my pay grade. Okay. <laughs> I think that's I'm right. entirely sure to be honest. Well, I think that's correct. I, I, I saw a press release that said something to that 
effect. Uh, may not have the, all the details right, but the uh, you know right. law school faculty and and law school folks they're going to be have access, and folks who already have Lexus subscriptions will have a trial run to get used to it, test it out, and uh, hopefully then sign up. So that's exciting coming forward. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. That's Josh Becker from LexisNexis talking about analytics generally, but in particular their new product context. Thanks everyone for listening today. Uh, if you don't already subscribe to the podcast, you should. You should also give it a review. You should read Above the Law. You should listen to other Legal Talk Network shows. You should follow us on Twitter. He's at L-E-N-Y-C. I'm at Joseph Patrice. And with all of that, we will talk to you next time. Alexa, kill yourself. Yeah, well, okay. Now, see, now somebody's listening to this, like, <laughs> over a speaker. And their, their Alexa just set off. See, that's just cool. All right. Bye. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.